Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Ike to Gone. What's up, everybody? Another Octagon. No, we're not going to talk food, movies, uh, mental health, which should be talked about a lot more. But we are back to the fights. We are being joined by Phil Dropkick or Phil the Thrill Murphy, whatever he decides. But he is the International Sports Center anchor. That's why he's wearing a suit. I'm in between job interviews, doing these webinar interviews with uh, Facebook and whatnot. There's a joke there that I'll, I'll tell you guys. That's where I'm. Well, <laughs> that's where I'm wearing a suit. I'm telling you, it's not professional below the waist, but I'm sure Phil, who keeps it always professional, uh, he's uh, he's the man. Phil Dropkick Murphy. Thank you for joining me, brother. How you doing? I love that nickname. It's a first. And just so you know, it is. I'm wearing gym shorts under here too. Ah! So you, oh, you're in. You're in good company, man. It's it's a warm day. I live in Connecticut. I'm not used to it being warm out. So uh, when it does get hot and I'm moving up and downstairs, and my wife and I have a young daughter upstairs, I'm trying to help out whenever I can. So it's a lot of movement. Fewer things she can throw up on. So yeah, it's uh, it's professional up here. But once you get basically below the the belt, I, I have a pair of uh, like basketball shorts on, and I'm, I'm not even wearing socks. So it's just that's the speed we're going at today, dude. Amazing, man. I, I was going to ask you how things uh, obviously are going in this, uh, the times we're in, how it uh, affects your work and whatnot. But I have a, a young child on the way. Don't know the sex or the gender yet. Uh, I've been married for three years now. we got a baby due in December. It's a quarantine baby. I guess I've had extra time on my hands besides <laughs> uh, doing job interviews and some video gaming. But uh, what advice would you give to a, uh, a new father to be? Uh, I would say, and this might be a little bit you know, ironic, the advice in and of itself, I would say, uh, don't put too much weight on any advice you receive. You know, everybody they're going to say like, encountered... wait, like too much from like eating. Or... Yeah, I mean, no, we, we got all kinds, of, like the one piece of advice that was really helpful for us was sleep when you can. Now, my daughter sleeps really well, and we we're really fortunate, you know, for that. So we're able to kind of have a somewhat normal, you know, sleep schedule, I'll get up for like 45 minutes at night to feed her at some point. But um, everybody was telling us like, oh, this is how you sleep train a baby. And this is how you you feed the baby. And so much of the advice was contradicting. And what I've learned from people, friends of mine who have multiple kids, and maybe, you know, someone who's listening will tell you that I'm an idiot. They're probably right. Was that like every kid is different. Like when you have one baby, if you, whatever worked with him or her, if you try and have it when you have another, if you have another, um, it doesn't necessarily universally translate. And so you kind of have to be flexible. So for us, my wife and I, we went in kind of expecting the unexpected. She is our first. And we were just super relaxed. And, and so far, that's translated to her. She's a pretty relaxed baby. She sleeps well. The one time she cries, it's like, hey, dummy, you haven't fed me in three hours. I'm like, oh, yeah. Then I feed her. And she's generally pretty happy after that. So that would be my advice. And from one December baby to a future December baby, it's a great month in which to be born. Wow, wow, wow. And uh, I like it that you're already starting her on the intermittent fasting. Uh, George St. Pierre, GSP, is a big, uh, <laughs> big uh, fan of that and proponent of that. But uh, 
Yeah, man, you you definitely have mental toughness, which you don't, I don't know, uh, it, it push out that much. I saw on your ESPN profile that you hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. Obviously, fans of your work internationally and fans how I found you through the Aaron Hawani MMA reporters, which is no more anymore, but your takes are fantastic on MMA. But obviously, we know about your working out. But when I saw the, that you summited a couple other mountains, man, where does that come from? Where does that, like, that mental fortitude come from? I mean, honestly, dude, it was just a, it was a hobby that, again, my wife has maybe since uh, retired from. Um, I was a very mediocre athlete, and I, I played sports, but I loved playing sports. And once I got to college, it was like, all right, I don't know if I can, you know, be the weekend warrior type. And it just, with my career and when I needed to be working, it just wasn't conducive. So I got into weightlifting, which is a little bit more flexible. You can go lift in the morning, you can lift at night. I just built a squat no rack in my intended. garage. So, yeah, well, I mean, so it was like, I, I built a squat rack in my garage so I could like keep my sanity for this. But the, uh, the hiking thing, it was actually a, started as a fundraiser, a freshwater fundraiser through the church I was going to in DC. Cool. Uh, we hiked Kilimanjaro and Aconcagua. Uh, we paid for it all ourselves. So it was like, you know, I paid for the trip, but then I used that as a platform to raise money to build freshwater wells in Liberia. Um, but as far as like the, the toughness in it, I was basically, I was too proud to stop walking and I was around really tough people with incredible endurance. So you just keep walking up the hill. It's slow. It's one step to three breaths. I mean, literally the, the last day on Aconcagua, we hiked for 16 hours and we covered about three oh miles. Gosh. It's just because there's just no air, but it's the highest point in the Southern hemisphere, highest point in the Western hemisphere. And that's a cool thing. And when I finished that, I was, see, I just turned 24 years old when I did that. And I was like, I will never do a harder thing physically in my life. But the cool thing about that is it kind of like set the bar. Like, Hey, if I've done that before, then if there is another challenge in the future, be it, you know, physical, professional, whatever it is, I know that somewhere in me, I have the ability to get there. And it's usually once you can conquer the mind, you can do a lot more, um, you know, with your hands or with, uh, and I, that's not even for like Yoel Romero putting the fear of God into me a few weeks ago, you know, you have two <laughs> yeah, hands. Um, go, yeah, it was like, go. yeah, go, go. I almost stood up when he did that. Um, the cool thing, he was cool after he saw me the next day and he kind of realized he was a little bit too intense for the, for the question. I asked, him about, I asked him about Israel Adesanya's takedown defense and he went there. It wasn't like I was like prodding. I think it was, he was just in the, in the midst of, you know, a rough part of a rough weight cut and uh, created a cool moment. We had some memes and, and gifs out of it. So Definitely it was, it was cool, a good time. man. And uh, I assume that was the great Eric Jackman who put that together and read it. Oh, you know it. Produced that and put it out there. It was fantastic. But, uh, man, I, I love your modesty, just explaining how easy it is to go up a, down a mountain, kind of like a – or the way you speak is very soft, and it just comes across as like, man, I, I can just hike that mountain tomorrow. But take me through some of your uh, physicality stuff, man, like working out pre-quarantine and during quarantine. What's a typical Monday to Friday, Monday to Thursday, whatever routine you're on when the gyms and maybe the sports center facilities are open or the Bristol facilities are open? And what's been the quarantine workouts? Yeah, we do have a nice little facility at ESPN. For those who don't know the ESPN history, it started off as like this little two building project in September 1979. And it's since it's grown, we call it a campus. It really is like a college campus, but it kind of took over Southern Bristol to the point where it absorbed what was once a Gold's Gym, I think at some point in the 80s or 90s. And at some point in the, in the early 2000s, like 2004, 2005, they repurposed it and refurbished it. And it's, it's now a, a nice little gym. It's small, but it has everything you need. So it's my favorite price. It's free. Uh, I, so I work out there when it's open. Now, it closed in early March, and it, it remains closed as, as you know, things kind of in Connecticut uh, settle down. Come on, you can't down. sneak in there, man, for a couple of supersets. <sighs> 
you don't think I tried? Um, <laughs> I can't even get on campus, dude. I mean, they, they built me a studio in my house. Like, this is my basement. This is a TV screen right here. Um, but yeah, I have a I have a gym in town for when I'm not in Bristol that, you know, you know, pay your 25 whatever bucks it is a month. And then uh, I live in, in a very mountainous area of Connecticut. So going out and jogging is nice little cardio. So I have that. Awesome. That's for my cardio, my running. Uh, we have crap weather here. And my wife, who, you know, was an absolute warrior with the birth of our daughter, she said for my, my push present, which apparently is a thing, uh, she wanted one of the, uh, the Peloton bikes. So I got her the Peloton and I've been riding it like 95% of the time because when it's rainy or late night or I'm on baby duty from 3 to 4 a.m. and the baby's asleep, I'll just hop on that thing. So I mix it up. And then uh, once everything started to hit the fan with the quarantine, I ran to like a little local, local fitness store in town and I, you know, bought a pretty basic squat rack so I can squat, I can bench and I can do some curls and things. And just like basically just to tide me over until uh, gyms reopen here, which I, I think the date right now is the 20th of June. I might give that another week or two just to like, since I have a setup, like let it see how it works out. But uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do. But that's because again, like I was, I, I wanted to be an athlete and that's the only thing that I could do decently well once I got into my twenties. And now it's like, all right, well, I've done all this. I like to eat a lot. I don't have the discipline to, you know, go on some 1600 calorie a day diet. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta put it somewhere. And uh, that's how I fill my time. So today I haven't gotten out and done anything yet. I'm kind of like itching to do it. Once I finish my, my sports center uh, hits in about an hour or so, I'm going to probably take off up the hill. Itching is a good word, man. This is definitely a test of uh, anxiety or excitement or nervousness. The times we're in, man, just to, to get out there. Uh, now I, for those who know, you are an international sports center anchor, and dude, you are a high-level MMA commentator. I love your takes. I feel like you should kind of be exemplified a little more, man. I love to see your MMA stuff. Uh, besides, uh, we'll get into some uh, Conor McGregor stuff real quick because I know you got to go. But uh, have you dabbled in uh, mixed martial arts, the the like physical part of it, testing your skills, boxing, jujitsu, wrestling, anything? I mean, dabbled is probably the right word. You know, I, I boxed a little bit as a kid, and by I, oh, I lived nice. in Germany for a little while. Oh, and wow. um, and when I was there, there wasn't. I lived on an. I lived near an American base. I don't speak German. I lived in the German economy, so I played soccer for a local team. And uh, but you know how to say beer, American right? Can you say beer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's easy. I, I know how to say beer, and I know how to say a whole list of profanities, and that's all that you needed when you were 13, 14 years old. But there wasn't a lot to do on the German base. So I'd finish school, you know, three o'clock and my dad would be working till like six. So I'd have to fill time. And I hung out with friends a little bit and there was a gym, but you could either shoot on the basketball court or you could hit the bag. You couldn't lift weights. So I started, you know, hitting the bag and taking boxing lessons, like kickboxing, boxing lessons there. So now I can, I can hit the bag and not look like a doofus, right? Like I hardly consider that MMA training because I don't get hit back. And then I, I dabbled in wrestling a little bit from my, my sophomore year of high school. Oh, wow. But I was, I was in Pennsylvania at that point. And in Pennsylvania, uh, it's very high-level wrestling. And if you're just trying to test the waters, that's a bad place to do it because they will whoop your backside. <laughs> so uh, that was my, my you know, humbling experience in, in anything you can describe as elements that go into mixed martial arts. I know enough to know you just shouldn't mess with anybody. And that's why I'm a fan and everybody who criticizes me, like, you know, because again, in our bubble, if you have an opinion that someone doesn't like, like, you suck, you couldn't fight him. No kidding. I couldn't fight most people. I just, I enjoy it. And I've watched it. UFC 69 is when I fell in love with the sport. Uh, and I've, I've watched oh, it ever wow. since. And it's great that ESPN affords me the opportunity now as part of my job uh, to talk about it, you know, primarily in an international sense. But every now and again, I get to rub elbows with Ariel and Brett and those guys. 
and rub elbows. You might break their elbows if you rub them too hard. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ariel and Brett, love you. But sports center anchor, I've heard John Butzgross is a kind of really good athlete. Who's uh, the best sports center anchor athlete? Oh, man. Well, one of my colleagues, Trevor Scales, he does a lot of international stuff with me. He does uh, also sports center on Snapchat. He was a four-time all-conference running back at Harvard. So that's pretty good. Wow. Did um, he play with Fitzpatrick? Did they cross paths? No, he's younger than that. So he's uh, – Trev is like – I want to say he's 29. Um, so he was recent. He graduated maybe six years ago. He camped a little bit with the Falcons. Then oh, he wow. went into uh, to journalism. So, yeah, I mean, he's the one that jumps right out at me. But a lot of those guys, you know, are former athletes. They either played some kind of college football or, you know, high level. Like uh, one of my other international co-host colleagues, Mark Brown, played college basketball. So it all depends on how you define athlete, right? Like if someone's a gymnast, to me, they might be the best athlete of all of us uh, because they can do things and control their bodies in ways that I can't rather than, you know, if I were to kick a soccer ball, I used, I used to play, uh, I used to be a kicker in football. So I'm not a football player, but like, you know, if you see that in my resume, you think, oh, decent athlete. Not really. Um, so a, a good like, stretch, I, a good little warm up. How far can you kick them still? Uh, now, probably yeah. like 45. I mean, Woo! But you might when have I was to do a doing, challenge if I ever come to the, oh, the campus. Yeah, we, sh we, we could. <laughs> actually, um, I was playing just kind of like a weekend pickup game with my buddies not long ago. It was probably about a year ago. And I hit from I hit from 45 comfortably and then 50. I just – it was a mental thing. I mean, I've hit from 55, 60 in warm-ups with no pads. Like, that's not the hard part. The hard part is oh, when wow. you have a rush. So, um, you know, the longest I've ever hit in a game is I think like 51. I, actually, I say I think 51. It's 1,000% <laughs> 51. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to fake the humility there. Like, yes, 51 is my longest in a game. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, but again, that was like, you know, high school and then that's little semi-pro in the DC area, but never beyond that. It was, it was a hot, I was a soccer player and they needed somebody who could kick the ball and I, I did it. Okay. Um, so yeah, but like all that to say, it all depends how you define athlete. I'm not, I'm not a great athlete, but many, many, many of those sports center anchors are because, you know, so many of them grew up loving sports and playing sports. And now they, they talk about it for a living. Hey, that's pretty good, man. And then 45 going back to the couple of weeks ago in the Northeast with the wind, man, that that's pretty good. That's probably at least 50 down South. So don't if you're smart, you can do it. You do it with the wind at your back, right? You just turn and then you find a way to kick with the wind. Exactly. Man, we did get with uh, one MMA thing. Uh, maybe next time, maybe in a few weeks, whenever you got time, man, I, I know you're a busy guy, but my last thing, I feel like this is the most important thing for uh, all the viewers and listener, man. I, I just went on your profile ba uh, maybe an hour ago, saw that you did the This is Sports Center commercial with Giannis. I've, I've obviously seen the, the States one where, opa, opa. I didn't even have to hit unmute on Twitter to know what the, the, the whole routine is. <laughs> ESPN's an international melting pot of talent, so we try to make everybody feel comfortable. Hey, Giannis. Opa. Opa. You know, guys. Nobody actually does that in this. Giannis! Opa! Great appearance by you, but what is your favorite This Is Sports Center commercial of all time? Tough question. Wow! Um, man, one of my, my buddies and I always used to... Uh, always used to quote was there was this old it's old school and they had um where they would make it so that the sports center hosts would trash talk about the athletes but they would like throw each other under the bus so it had jeff bukaboom who used to play in the nhl and evander holyfield and there's this iconic line in there where i think it's brian 
Brian Kenny says about Charlie Steiner. Brian Kenny goes to Evander Holyfield and says, uh, "Hey, Evander, Charlie says you're fiftieth. He said, oh, he said, Char Charlie says you're fiftieth." And Evander's like, "In the world, <laughs> in Georgia." <laughs> and Evander Holyfield's holding this cup and he just crushes it. And then you see the next scene, he's like, Charlie, come on out and get your whooping. And I don't know what it is, but my buddies and I would just quote that incessantly. Like if there was like a fight and we're watching a game, it's like, come on out and get your whooping. <laughs> and so that one, that one pulls it like, you know, it, it, it has, you know, measure my, measure my childhood. But one, my, my favorite my, guy who I think is the, the premier sports center anchor, Scott Van Pelt, uh, because he's just, he, he's just so natural. I think he does a tremendous job in any of his sports center commercials. So if you ever do get the ESPN campus in our main lobby, there's a little monitor where you can scroll through and they have all the commercials archived and you can sort by anchor. And I think just as a body of work, Scott's are the best. So I would say anything with Van Pelt is a winner. Yeah, got to unmute it. His comedic timing is excellent, man. And uh, my favorite says, I mean, I'm a little bit of a homer here, a Mets fan from Long Island, like David Wright, when he's covering it, trying to hide the signs. I think he's talking with Neil Everett, man. And mm -hmm. In my opinion, Neil Everett's like the coolest anchor. And Phil the Thrill or Phil Dropkick Murphy is number two. So no <laughs> offense, brother. No offense. It's all good, man. I, I, they had a Sports Center anchor bracket that came out for March. Yes. And I had a couple people the reach four out. Four seeds. I think the four seeds were phenomenal. People, I, people ask me, where was I? Like, where was I? Like, I, I was in the play-in game, and I got my doors blown off. Like, who are you? What do you mean? Like, look at the names on that list. It's just, it's, it's humbling to be able to, you know, be in the space. It's like, I feel like the guy who just, you know, is a fill-in third baseman for the Yankees. And it's like, I can appreciate the history and just celebrate the ride. And wherever it goes, it's cool. Like, I, for me, my, my career to me is already a win. I love what I do every day. Uh, I love what I, what I get to do and where I get to do it. And, um, yeah, it's a, there really isn't a better place and a better job, in my opinion, than, than hosting Sports Center. And I appreciate that, Phil Murphy. Thanks again for the time, man. And your modesty and uh, humility is amazing. And uh, I was going to tie this in earlier when you said that your church went on the hikes, but um, it doesn't have to be religion. It could be a higher energy or some faith or something. How, how do you feel that uh, your religion or what you believe in has helped you be who you are today? Uh, I mean, for me, you know, I, I didn't have, so to all cards on the table, I'm an evangelical Christian. I came to faith in Jesus Christ when I was uh, 19. And my life before that was a mess. And listen, man, I know everybody's got a story. And even me just saying that is going to be like, heighten up. Like, I'm not just going to come whack you over the head with my Bible. I believe it to be true. And for me, um, you know, that relationship with Christ gave me a purpose. So it, it and, you know, through dark seasons of my life, um, I was able to say like, you know, in, in prayer to see, okay, like this, uh, there's more than just me out there. Right. And, um, you know, if there are things that I either have to suffer or endure to advance a greater cause. Now for me, that greater cause is the gospel of Jesus Christ, but just there, if there are things I have to suffer to and endure to, to advance that, then, then it gives purpose to suffering. Um, and it gives purpose to hardship. And that to me was just a weight lifted because it's not about me, right? Like, if there are things that, that go wrong, but it's for somebody else's glory or some, the glory of somebody I love, then, then it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. So it makes it easier for me to just not think like, oh, woe is me, the world is against me. It's just, you know what, this may be a step backwards, but it could be a step backwards for two steps forward. So, um, you know, it just kind of frees up the weight. And, and that's, that's been kind of the overarching uh, kind of approach and perspective I've had in the last 14 years. I'm 33 now. Uh, so yeah, that, that, I would say that's probably the, 45 second synopsis I can give of, of what that's meant to me.
Amazing, man. And a time like this, I think it's good to, again, it could be God, it could be a higher energy, whatever you believe in, just something that could kind of pull you out of maybe struggles you're in. I believe God gives you only what you can handle, good or bad, whether it's a huge firing from a big position or a job, or it's the girl that is just just enough hot for you that you don't screw it up. I think God gives you exactly what you can handle. Phil Murphy, thanks so much for uh, the time and everything, man. Maybe next time we'll talk a little MMA. We got two octagons and <laughs> octagons behind this. Maybe we should talk MMA next time. Thank, thank you again know, for the time, man. brother. That's a cool thing, though. We have so much more that we can talk about than just fighting, but I'm looking forward to talking fighting with you, Jeff. Thank you, brother. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.